Hey there, and welcome to the first official episode of A Brand Girl Talks, a podcast where me, your host, Johanna, also known as Artsy Joey, just talks about random topics that you didn't know you need to learn about, but you do, if you want to. Anyways, how y'all doing? Have you had a good week? I hope you've had a good week. Even though we're all stuck inside. I mean, where I am, we're technically not, but it's just on the safe side. Maybe wherever you're listening from, lockdown's completely lifted and you're just enjoying life at the moment, visiting friends, eating outside. You're probably not doing that yet. I'd stay on the safe side. I'm looking at you. Just chill out, have some takeout, watch something online, unless if you have to work, then work, because you need money to live, face it. Capitalism is real and we all need money to live. It's the sad truth, I'm sorry. You had to hear about that, I know. What am I talking about? Anyway, the first prompt for the podcast is going to be, do music genres still exist anymore? And I'm not saying that they don't, but we'll see what I'm talking about throughout this podcast episode. So let's just dive right into it. So let's first start with what the definition of genre is when you type it up on Google. The first definition is a style or category of art, music or literature. The second definition is some painting style from 17th century Netherlands and I don't think we need that right now. So yeah, it's basically a style or category of art, music or literature and we're talking about music today. Music genre labels originally came about from people doing what they do best, labelling things, but it became fully popularised between business people when radio stations started coming about in the 1920s and people needed genres for music so that advertisers could know which radio stations they wanted to advertise their products and businesses on because they needed to know what target audience they were targeting. That was a lot of words, yeah. So... Advertisers needed to know the demographics of their target audience through their radio stations. So they needed to know, are we targeting towards teenage girls who are like loving boy bands? That wasn't a thing in the 1920s, but you get what I'm talking about. Are we targeting towards teenage girls? Are we targeting towards your middle-aged man just sitting on his porch listening to some chill music in the 1920s? And they needed to know, because if they were like selling razors and stuff for men to shave, they didn't want to advertise towards, I don't know, like teenage girls or like they didn't want to advertise makeup items. Were makeup items even a thing back in the 20s? Yeah, of course they were. Wow, look at me. I'm doing great. They didn't want to advertise makeup items to like middle-aged men. So they were like, okay, this radio station plays pop music, so we can advertise towards the teenage audience, or this radio station plays classical music, which is better for this generation, and stuff like that. We're going back a little bit now. In 1894, Billboard magazine first came about, and actually, Billboard magazine wasn't initially for listeners, it was initially for companies and businesses to find out the trends of what music is doing 
and what's popular at the moment. But they first published their magazine of The Hit Parade, which was kind of like the old version of the pop charts, on January the 4th, 1936. Then we hop a couple more years into the future past, yeah, to July 1940, where they published their first music popularity chart. And remember, this was originally for companies to know which musicians and artists are doing good and how they can make money off of it, because capitalism, am I right? And actually, radio DJs and billboards were the first to name popular genres, like rock and roll, country, which was originally called hillbilly, bit weird, I know. I mean, that might be normal for you, but I'm a British kid, so I don't really know what that connotates. I don't know if that's rude. I'm sorry that's rude. R&B, which was originally called race records, which is a bit problematic, and we'll see stuff like that come up again in the future with urbanism, which I'll talk about soon, which is also a bit, yeah, a bit not great. And then those genres were basically made for music labels to be like, we want this person because they fit with our aesthetic and theme. Or now, genre and genres were born. And yeah, there you go. Genres were never initially made for fans to pick up on, but then after a while, fans were like, oh, I quite like this style of music. And they looked back at like DJs and radio stations and Billboard magazine and they were like, hmm, yeah. I like this genre, I'm gonna stick with this genre. What's this genre called? Oh, it's called, what? Rock and roll. I I'm just paraphrasing, don't mind me. And then it became this whole click situation of, you like rock and roll? Ugh. <laughs> what was that sound? I like R&B, you can actually, that would probably create a racial tension back then. Yeah. And then labels got a hold of fans starting to be like, this is the genre I like. I'm quite into music from this label without obviously the fans knowing I like music from this label. But then record labels started categorizing and boxing, not like boxing fighting, like creatively boxing artists into only creating that one kind of genre, which also became problematic because then artists become less creative because they can only make one kind of product. And obviously, again, it's all for capitalism, like most things that we view. And yeah, then you come into like the 70s, 80s, 90s, fans are starting to categorize themselves into hip hop fans, into rock fans, into classical music fans, into these cliques. And it creates this whole thing like, I can't be friends with you because you like this one genre and I like this genre, so yeah. And obviously that became quite problematic. And then we come all the way into the late 2000s and the 2010s. That that, that just doesn't sound great, does it? Because it's like the 90s, the noughties, the 10s. What is that supposed to be? The, it just does not sound good. Mm. And people are like, wait, hold up, I like more than one genre. <laughs> Mind blown. I know, 
let me get into this. So basically this started to happen because of streaming services and accessibility to music. Because if you think about it, nowadays we can listen to anything we want because of Spotify, Apple Music, you can find any genre of music or any artist you want to listen to and it's all there at the tap of a finger and you can listen to what you want. So people start to listen to more stuff, broaden their horizon of music, become musically enlightened. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Help. And so do the artists. So the musicians start to become more inspired by other genres and they're like, hold up, I like all of these musical things. Why don't I just put them all into one beautiful collaboration into my music? And yeah, we can see that in loads of bands and artists today. For example, one of my favourite bands, if you wanted to know, I don't know why you would want to know, but it's 21 Pilots. And when you search up what genre is 21 Pilots on the web, you come up with alternative hip-hop, electro-pop, indie-pop, pop-rock, rap-rock, alternative hip-hop, I already said that, oops, reggae, rock, synth-pop, pop, electronica, electronic rock, indie rock, hip-hop, psychedelic, I don't really agree with that one, and indie-tronica, indie-tronica, yeah, Indytron, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Someone probably needs to tell me what that is because I don't know what that is. Wait, let me find out. Right, so I searched it up and it says, what is Indytronica music? N it's noun, first of all, if you didn't know already. Yep. Uh, and it's a musical genre combining elements of indie, electronica, rock and pop music. So it's, okay. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. That makes sense. It's practically just when people put everything into alternative music as just another version of that. Yep. Um, people who are part of Indutronica music, it are... Oh dear, I don't know any of these people. Ooh, there's Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. And I think that's the only song that I know on this list. This is bad. I'm supposed to be good at this. Oh, Level of Concern by 21 Pilots, who we were just talking about. I love them. They're so cool. Apart from the fact that they literally just sent me down a rabbit hole, like, a couple of days ago, searching for... If, if you know what I mean, they were making us do, like, this whole quiz thing. It wasn't a quiz, it was, like, a puzzle coding thing. Like, there was literally, like, Morse codes and code cracking things. It was weird. I completed it. But obviously you didn't get one of the first things, which is sad because I wanted to win, like all of us, but oh well. And yeah, I don't know any of these. Oh, there's LCD sound system. I don't know any of these people. Wait, where was I? Um, oh yeah, sorry. Most bands and artists nowadays have at least like four genres attached to them, which is pretty crazy because back in the old times people were so stuck to one genre and I think that's more to the fact that people aren't tied to labels anymore or if they are labels are a lot more lenient to what they put out because they realize that fans can hear when something's just so forced in a box especially with genres because nowadays most music ha has elements of so many genres in it 
I think another reason why people aren't using genres to define stuff anymore and are trying to throw different bands into alternative or indie when back in the 90s they totally would be part of that genre but they don't know where to put them so they just throw them in there anyway yeah so another reason is because people are using a lot less labels nowadays and I think personally that that's a good thing because categorizing people isn't the greatest thing and we've realized that now because stereotypes and prejudice they're not the greatest things in our world well they never were i mean there are pros to label sometimes like it can tell a story about a person not really creates less of a story because stereotyping but it can create a community it can make someone feel more pride it creates understanding of yourself but there are too many cons to it. Like, obviously, stereotyping and prejudice, it creates a divide because people feel like, oh, you're part of that label, but I'm part of this label, we can't. It's like the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. But let's try not to die at the end after falling in love with someone for three days, getting married, and then your family is like, no, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah probably shouldn't fall in love with someone in three days and get married and be like oh, I'm gonna die for you because um no but we're living in a modern age now even though these things probably still happen somewhere yeah also labels can just fully define someone and not give someone a personality trait and their personality trait is just that label and it's like no bro you're totally cool person and you don't have to just be defined by one label also hierarchy as we can see nowadays of minorities being oppressed i mean they've always been oppressed but people are finally coming out and saying stuff about it and yeah hierarchy is never the greatest thing and then there's also the thing of which is linked to hierarchies the perceived value of people thinking one label is higher than the other when Really? That's not the truest thing. Yeah. Also, if you want some facts and not just me ranting to a microphone about how much I hate stereotypes, 78% of youth said nowadays, obviously, um, they couldn't be defined by the genre they listen to, which is great because, especially back in the 90s, you could see people being defined by the genres they listen to like the goth people and the emo people and pop princesses and the people who like loved rap and it was all very clicky which wasn't the greatest so it's great to see that 78 percent of youth can't be defined by the genre that they listen to which is nice another thing i'd like to talk about is the use of urban music like the label urban music which was originally used to categorize all like black music into one category like combining r&b hip-hop soul and grime which is just useless because they put beyonce rihanna pharrell williams john legend and so many other black artists into one label one music genre and they sound nothing alike like what the term urbanism for urban music not like towns and stuff 
first came around in 1974 by another DJ and radio program director, Frankie Crocker. And it was originally used to help push like black music into the mainstream charts because they weren't getting into the mainstream charts because there was the perception that black radio wasn't for their audience or that black people didn't buy for their brands so it didn't work out for advertising. It's capitalism again. So basically the term urbanism came about so that white companies could pick up black music. Yeah, I know, right? And like I said earlier in the podcast, the the term urban music was originally called race records because it wasn't white. So every other music was put into one category called race records. We love that, don't we? It's kind of as annoying as, no, what's the word? As universal music. Because, honey, just because it isn't white doesn't mean you can categorise every single continent's music, every single music genre that doesn't fit your standard as universal music. Because, like, that's, like, ah, I can't even process it. But it's as if you had a whole range of all the skincare beauty for white skin and then you have this one other colour for every other skin tone. Yeah, it's just annoying, isn't it? Well, that is annoying anyway, because that happens anyway when you go to shops. But at least the beauty companies are getting better at that. I have no clue where I was going with that extended metaphor, but it kind of worked. (laughs) Just go with it. And basically, after the term urbanism came about, it was used to put black people into one lane and they weren't allowed, obviously, the same opportunities as their other white counterparts so they didn't get as much marketing budget or promotion and stuff like that under the label urbanism because it kind of got this bad rep from white label executives. And now in 2020 people are finally coming to terms with this and labels are starting to drop the word urbanism because just because an artist who is of colour does pop music or hip-hop or soul and all that jazz, pun intended, kind of, no it wasn't, but now it is. They're still pop artists, they don't have to be marginalised under the word urbanism just because they're of another race. So yeah, we love a good bit of progression in this dark pit of earth that's got a bit sad and dark. I'm sorry if this was a bit controversial, but it had to be said. And overall, I do think genres still exist, obviously. I mean, yeah, they can't not exist because people need to know what they're listening to and what kind of music stuff is because it's just how humanity works. But it is kind of weird that a load of artists are just getting chucked under the term alternative or indie nowadays because that was originally what this podcast was going to be about but it was really hard to define alternative and indie music nowadays because it's just such a broad specter. I mean it would be easy to talk about alternative music from the 80s and 90s but I'm not that knowledgeable about that stuff. So yeah 
I think we'll always have genres, but it's just how we define them nowadays because pop music will always grow and change its term of music because things become popular in some generations and some things die out of popularity in other generations. It's just going to happen. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Now we're on to the next section of the podcast where I'm going to call it the podcast worthy mentions and it's going to be something to do with this podcast episode every week. Not this podcast episode, but like, you know what I'm talking about. So this week's podcast, well actually there's two podcast worthy mentions this week. One of them's going to be about podcasts that I like listening to because it's the first podcast episode, so you can find out what made me want to start podcasting. And the second one is what music genre I'm loving at the moment. So let's talk about which music genre I'm into at the moment because buzz quicker to go through. So I'm currently really into this music genre called bedroom pop, which is like, it's weird to describe, but it's like that really fluffy sound of like artists who don't, who aren't really attached to labels, like music labels, not categorizing labels because after this episode it's getting a bit confusing. And it's artists such as, like the small indie artists like Rex Orange County and Laundrier, who is a really cool band if you haven't checked them out. If you're one of my mates then you probably know how much I love Laundrier. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. And then other people like Conan Gray and Cave Town and those kind of people that you know what I mean by bedroom pop it's like the soft music that you can tell was made by like a not that many people but it still sounds incredible and then the podcasts that I'm listening to at the moment are well actually there's a lot so there's the Ear Biscuits by Rhett and Link which is great it's always been great Simply Podological with Christine and Ben that's a really good podcast. The Tripod with the Try Guys, that's great. I love that podcast. And then there's the Is This Thing On podcast with Simone. And that's a great podcast too. If you're into my kind of podcast where a teenage girl just talks and rants about stuff, that's a great podcast to listen to. And then the podcast that made me want to start this podcast is the podcast Stuff You Should Know with Chuck and Josh. Like, that's a great podcast. They, and the great thing is that they've got so many podcast episodes so I can just, I'm binging like too much because there's so many episodes. I love it so much. And that was kind of the main podcast that inspired me to start this podcast because it's just me talking about a random subject for a while. I don't get how people talk about subjects. Sorry, there was a siren. I don't get how people talk about subjects for 40 to 50 minutes like this is around 25 minutes how do people do this i don't get it so yeah they're my podcast worthy mentions for this episode i hope you check them out or if you have checked them out i hope you enjoy them because they're cool things yeah and now we're finally on to the last section of this podcast episode and it's called facts plural of the day because What's the point in getting one fact? So these are facts relating to this podcast episode that I find interesting. So one, did you know that the song Hey Jude by the Beatles 
and the song Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen were both played on the same piano. I know that's quite cool, isn't it? Panic at the Disco, one of my favourite bands ever. Well, they used to be. Now it's just Brendan Urie on his own. Aww. But they originally were a Blink-182 cover band. That's quite cool. Roger Taylor from Queen locked himself in a cupboard until the rest of Queen agreed to have his song on the B-side of A Night at the Opera. And I'm pretty sure it didn't say here. Oh, it does say here. Yeah, it was the song I'm in love with my car, which is... Yeah. Yeah. Listen to that song. And finally, there are few activities in life that utilise the entire brain and music is one of them. Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool. And that brings us to the end of this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I am planning to start a podcast mail section, segment thing in this podcast if people listen and they want to send things in. So you can... If you are listening and you want to send in something, it can be a question, it can be asking for advice, it could be proving me wrong. I really don't mind, just send in anything. You can DM me on Instagram at artsyjoey. You can leave a review on iTunes. I have no clue how to find the reviews on iTunes. I have a Samsung and a not MacBook. So yeah. I'll find out how to do that. I've downloaded iTunes, so I should be able to find it. Yeah, so leave me a review. Hit me up in the DMs, fam. I'm so cringy. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram. I am on Twitter and Facebook, but I'm never there, so I wouldn't bother following me. There's no point. Maybe in the future, Joey is a raging Twitter person who argues with people like Twitter people. I don't know. And Facebook's dead anyway, to be fair. I mean, I'm sorry if you do use Facebook, but like, yeah. You can find me on Etsy at Artsy Joey. I sell stuff and yeah, we're doing quite good at the moment. I got quite a few five-star reviews lately, which is cool. And yeah, business is doing good, if you want to ask. I've got a red bubble at I think it's joey8412, but like, visit me on Etsy instead. Unless if you want like t-shirts and stuff, then go to Redbubble. I don't really do that great on Redbubble, to be honest. But you can find me there anyway at joey8412. And do I have anything else? I have Pinterest. You can follow me on Pinterest to see what art stuff I've been doing lately. Also at Artsy Joey. And I've got a YouTube channel as well if you want to see me in person talking and acting like a crazy person like on this podcast it's also artsy joey do you see the recurring theme yeah i'm at most places at artsy joey or artsy joey co or joey 8412 just search that in anything and you'll probably find me i'm everywhere on the internet help i'm kidding that'd be creepy but yeah you can find me those places and I'll see you in another episode. I hope you liked this episode. Hope it was a good starting thing. And if you got this far in the episode and this is your first time, I mean, if you're listening to this and this is the only episode out, apart from the intro, I've also got that intro thing. Hey, nice to meet you. Do you know me in person? Cool if you do. If you don't know me in person, hey, how did you find me? That's cool. I hope you enjoyed the later episodes and I'll see you 
soon, hopefully, with a cool another episode coming up. And hopefully it's less me ranting. And if it is ranting, hopefully it's longer. Because I want to get to that 40 minute podcast episode point. How do people do that? Anyways, see you later. Bye. Thank you.